right, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to not just another episode, but another season of Mostly Ghostly. We hope everybody had a good downtime. You know, we missed you guys a whole bunch, and I feel the energy in the room. I think you guys may maybe a little bit, little bit missed us, too, and that's a beautiful thing if it is, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we, we, you know, Ray, there is no we without Ray. You know what I mean? Ray, how you doing over there? Not too bad. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know what I mean? Um, I want to, uh, pop into some stuff since it is the beginning, a new season, new year. Um, we're going to kind of take a little stroll through some of the most paranormal things that happened in 2022. You know, some of these things you might be aware of, some of these things you might not be aware of, but by the end of this, you're going to be aware of all of it. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe we'll graze over the less interesting ones a little bit, you know, but uh, there's a couple cool ones up in this list. So uh, I'm ready to get down. Ray, how you feeling? You ready to get down? Oh, I was born ready for this. Oh, that's what I like to hear. So... First up on the on the on the on the paranormal events of 2022, we have a ghost shows up in the background of an Amazon show, and yeah, you heard that right. A ghostly figure can be seen emerging from a mass grave during a segment on James May's new travel show. You know, you know, I'm not surprised by something like that. You know, a lot of these travel shows, I haven't really gotten down with the travel show the travel show kind of escapes me you know anthony bourdain rest in peace i kind of wish that I, I watched a little bit of that while it was on because people said he was such a cool dude a cool hombre you know what i mean but uh those travel shows they're cool i get into them the cooking shows i get into too right how about you you like those cooking and travel shows uh some of the travel yeah same thing same thing with cooking i got my favorite ones yeah you know, I know the, the ghostly and cook the shows of travel and food on those networks. You can also find ma- mostly paranormal shows as well. A lot of the time, so we got to give big kudos to that. But not too much kudos. We take all that kudos back actually because we haven't seen mostly ghostly. Uh, the ghostly getting down on those sh- with on, next to those cooking and travel shows, and until we do, uh, we can't give those props. But to get back into this here, you know. Eagle-eyed viewers who settled down to watch the new Amazon show, James May, which I have not seen that. Um, have you seen that at all, Ray? Uh, nope. Now, our man in Italy this week got more than they bargained for when they spotted a mysterious figure in the background. While May was speaking to the camera uh, at the site of a mass grave. Right there, I mean, right there can tell you there's a possibility of maybe catching something, you know what I mean? Now, the ghostly extra, which resembles a translucent white entity, seems to materialize out of thin air, which often it does, uh, and walk towards the right and then vanishes again without a trace, which has been known to do from time to time, you know? Um, A clip of the ghostly sighting soon went viral and was picked up by numerous news outlets. Even James May himself is in on it, you know, in on the debate of whether it's true or not. Now, now mostly ghostly is in on the debate. So, Ray, with something like this, of course you would think, you know, a nice little publicity stunt of some ghosts would be beautiful for promotion, for the marketing, you know what I mean? But we both feel that 
we both do feel that it's that, that the reality could be out there, especially with the big mass grave. So, Ray, what do you what do you stamp on this one for your your uh, opinion? Well, if you're doing a travel show and it's not paranormal related, you don't want to start getting into the ghost thing because people are interested in travel. That's yeah. a whole different genre. So, if something like that pops up and you stay maybe sinking yourself, the publicity only goes so far, but it'll turn off serious travelers. Now, yeah. if you're talking to mass grave, you're talking a lot of trauma, people that died were recognized. There's a whole lot of mixed uh, energy there from a lot of different souls passing. You add in the energy, you get a film crew. Well, most people don't realize that uh, the number of people behind the camera and the amount of equipment that's there, all those people with their energy, all the equipment with their, with the energy and electronics and everything they've got, they're all feeding into that situation. For something to pop up is not a surprise at all. I would say that there's a distinct possibility that was real. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? There's a lot of good energy on set, too. People having fun doing what they want to be doing and all that good gracious stuff. So to keep it with the entertainment vibe of things, there's also an extra that pops up in a photograph. You know what I mean? An innocent snap captured uh, during a family day out in a popular swimming spot appears to be something unexpected. You know, keeping with the picture theme. We're in the pictures now, you know. And uh, these pictures, I always enjoy these pictures. Uh, a lot of them are faked, of course. But I always like a good one. Even if it's Photoshopped, like a good Photoshop. That I, I can appreciate that. It's almost as good as the real thing sometimes. But uh, they get very creepy. Uh, and in this one, you got nobody out there can really see it out there. But I'll give you a little brief description of it. And it's mainly just kind of a kid, the, the face of a kid, uh, kind of floating, floating uh, awkwardly. You know what I mean? But back in 2014, Kim Davis, kid da- Kim Davison, who hails from Queensland, Australia. Uh, had gone swimming with their friend Jesse Liu and their three children at a place called Murphy's Hole at the Lockyer River. It had been an idyllic day out, but when they returned uh, from the trip and took the photographs to get taken uh, to get developed, they noticed that one of the images appeared to show a mysterious fourth child visible in the water between the two adults at the back. Sure enough, the photograph does seem to show what looks like the head of another child, so if it isn't one of their three children, who was it and why did anybody notice them at the time? You know, it's one of those age-old questions, you know. Um, now, it's expected to be, you know, a, a kid from a, a, over 100 years ago, I think. Um, a young girl by the name of Doreen Sullivan who reportedly drowned in Murphy's Hole at that very spot. Which... You know, the drownings, we talked about the water before and how, you know, traveling through and stuff. If you would have, dr- if you would have drowned in a pond, you think you would, ha- you would haunt that whole pond, I assume. Or do you think it would be a, like an actual part of the pond that would, it would ha- have the vibe from? Well, I think that the water itself can, it does hold energy and yeah. it could, could hold the energy at the passing. Um, I think in this case with the picture, if you're talking about a family having fun in the water where the girl was, she may have been drawn to that. 
So that's why your energy manifests with the other children playing. As for it being caught in a photograph, depending upon how you take the picture, um, what I really miss is the old days of the Polaroids. Mm. Because, number one, you can't doctor it. Right. And the fun thing used to be is used to be to call on people <coughs> and in spirit, have a, have a conversation, and just take some random shots. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't see anything, but occasionally, and, you know, 60 seconds later, you got, you got the thing when it develops. Mm. And you pull it out, and then you see a face on it, you look up, and there's a blank wall there. So whether it's the flash, the range of the light in the camera, but um, have they been caught? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd say uh, quite a bit, particularly on old film. I don't know how uh, how well it does on digital, but I imagine that that can pick it up also. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I was going to say on, on full on uh, many investigations, people use full spectrum cameras because you can pick up stuff that we can't see that's there. Mm. That, so uh, yeah, they are they are there, and the chance of a camera catching it, and particularly when you've got this, a girl drowns in a lake, a family's in there, kids are playing, water's a conduit, and that energy is there for her to manifest. Uh, definitely, I, I'd say that's that's probably about ninety nine percent real. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean, especially with the you know everything surrounding it for sure. Uh, next up, ghost hunters get ordained after hobgoblin encounter. A pair of paranormal investigators had a terrifying experience with a mysterious growling creature. Now, Ray, when you hear hobgoblin, what pops in your head? Uh, not much of anything because I'm not really sure what they're talking about when they say hobgoblin. I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but I'm not not sure what they what they mean. I've, uh, the, the the movies have taught me that it, it's like a troll type deal, you know what I mean. But yeah, you never really see too many. You see Pugawaji pigs, you see you know um, gremlins, even you know what I mean, all types of stuff. But that's one that you don't really see uh, put into picture too often. The hobgoblin, you know what I mean. I almost be, want to, Yeah. I was gonna say I'd be curious to look up in a dictionary what the definition of hobgoblin is. It's not a term used for much anymore. Yeah, it's a uh hobgoblin. I'm gonna have to do some get going on that. We're gonna have to do a full blown episode. Now we have to dedicate in respect back to the hobgoblin, do a full episode on what it is. Cause I think that the audience out there is probably wondering to themselves. But this incident in itself occurred around eight years ago when Vic Harbord and Christine Townsend, along with members of the East Yorkshire Society Research Group, decided to conduct an investigation of the St. Lawrence Church in Atwick, England, in the hope of encountering something paranormal. And boy, did they... They brought along a spirit box, which we've been, you've heard a lot about that last season, uh, an electronic device used to pick up the disembodied voices in the hope of establishing a dialogue with a ghost uh, and asked out loud if anyone wanted to communicate. 
They quickly got more than they bargained for. However, when Christine began to hear what sounded like a growling sound coming from uh, her immediate vicinity, going into the church ground, she said she got an airy feeling straight away. It wasn't long uh, into the investigation when she actually heard like a growl, she says. I heard, she heard it three times, four times, and then after the fourth time, she couldn't believe what she was hearing. She said, well, this is ridiculous. Which I, you know, that's kind of a common thing. When somebody says something like that, you almost, I believe it a little more because they're going, it's almost like, I know how crazy this sounds, but you know what I mean? Now, when you hear a growl, it's a negative energy. We know that to be true. It's inhuman. Not exactly. Not exactly. I'd have to beg to differ with her on that one. Now, it's obviously not very nice. Maybe it's having a bad day. You might not want to throw judgment on it. That's all I'm saying. Now, the peer later discovered that, according to the local legend, Atwick was once terrorized by a hobgoblin, a demonic creature said to be capable of shape-shifting from one to another. A hobgoblin probably is what we consider a puckawudgie. That's probably my guess. It's probably somebody else's version of a puckawudgie. Sounds good. We'll go with it. In the end, they were both so spooked by their experience that they ended up getting ordained. Still to this day, we're not 100% sure uh, what we encountered, uh, said Christine. When you start thinking about all the folklore from years ago, you start to think, well, is it true? Is there some truth in all this folklore? And I say, Christine, yes. Yes, there is some truth in that folklore. So the hobgoblin is really, yeah, I think it's the Pugawaji deal. It's a demonic creature sh- said to shapeshift. And that's pretty much kind of like, you know, shapeshifting is a big deal. The Pugawudge, the Pugawudge getting out with that. Now, what's your take on them getting ordained? Because they, they were scared into being ordained. Ordained is when you become kind of a part of the cloth, right? The, 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 the religious. Uh, yeah, you, you can be an ordained minister, yeah. So, like, it's weird. They got so scared that they, I guess they must have sought out religion heavily for for protection i guess that's what they're going with i i would agree with that it sounds like they weren't uh using protection to begin with uh maybe weren't really strong in what their beliefs were but uh it scared them right into it they just they their mind could not deal with it they they just kind of like had their mind blown and just went running running over to uh a priest, or well, actually a minister, and getting uh, going through the procedure and getting ordained because uh, they just had the living crap scared out of them. That's kind of intense, you know. It would scare you to that point where you feel like you need to not run to somebody for help, but to actually join up with it. Maybe it's because it made it made everything so real to them in the spiritual world that day that they were like, "All right, we got to go, like, join the fight or whatever." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. All right. Another photograph deal. A family unearths a creepy photograph under the floorboard of their home. Um, The image, which appears to date back to the 1960s, seemed to show a ghostly extra hovering in the background. Now, Ray, you ever find anything crazy when you moved into a house or wherever and, you know, use a picture, maybe some type of keepsake you found behind a wall or in a floor or something like that that uh 
No, not that I can recall. Nope. We've, Never I've anything. seen. I've seen like names. I've seen people's names. Like like you rip down walls and you see people's names. Um, you know, people like found money, of course, stuff like that. Um, pictures. Yeah, newspapers is big. I've I've I've, I've encountered some you know newspapers that weren't just stuff there for insulation, but they like put it in there as like a time capsule. You know what I mean? But well, the last the last two places, well, where I'm living now and be uh, where I lived before before we moved in, they. Uh, you know, cleaned up, painted, did everything, went through the whole place, and we went in. No, not even nothing in a closet or nothing in the back back of a cupboard. It was all cleaned out. Yeah, when my parents got their house, I remember when we like first went in there and we're looking around, we found like a lot of. I guess I should have done a little, been a little more mostly ghostly then. But yeah, there was like pictures left behind and stuff, and like you'd lift, you'd like lift up like attic doors if you will or whatever to move over and there'd be like pictures up there um yeah so i i feel like people you know when families are raised in houses i think kind of people want to keep a little keepsake to it you know what i mean like you know when you see in a house when they put all the all the notches in the in the doorway of how tall the kids were at what ages and stuff like that yeah like that 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 wood holds something special. I think that there's definitely a special energy in that wood. You know what I mean? Like I want my house built out of all those because of all the positive energy come on, coming off of that. You know what I mean? Those doorway frames for sure. So to get into this deal though, we got a, you know, Beverly Edmondson Cropper and her partner and her son peered beneath the floorboards during renovation work at their home in Lancashire. Recently, uh, and the last thing they expected to find was a photograph left behind by the previous occupants. When they looked closer, however, it was evident that there was something off about that photograph. The image, which shows a family standing in front of a gothic archway of a church entrance with the height notched out in it, that's my addition, also shows a strange, distorted, and semi-transparent figure standing in the background. That gives me the chills already, just that little description. Now, they were so broke, uh, spooked by the discovery, in fact, that they decided to put it back where they found it. I don't blame them for that. Now, there looks to be like a monk in the doorway of the photo. Uh, it's a bit creepy. Beverly would tell Lance Live, which is, like, I think, like a radio show. No one claimed the photo, so my son reburied it, un- it under the floorboards. Him and his dad had just moved in, and they were doing the property up, so we don't know the previous owners. While many social media users suggested that the figure in the background could be a ghost, others were more skeptical instead, maintaining that it was more likely to be a photographic double exposure. I know the double exposure is the skeptics jump to every time because it is a real issue, and uh, it does happen, and it, it does exactly what, you know, what, what some pictures definitely are double exposure. Like I've seen it. And even like, if you were to do um, another thing that I thought was kind of weird, if you ever have like two pictures over, you put them next to each other and put water over it. And then after a while, it'll superimpose one image onto the other. So it's two pictures on one. So there's a bunch of tricks that could have been done. You know what I mean? Um, But I'm not saying that was done here, but I, you know, we can all agree that, pictures were faked 
um, in existence. Now, if this were true, however, why would the previous owners have sealed it up in, under the floorboards? Maybe to spook somebody out, because I'll be honest with you, like, I'm the type of person that would go the extra yard to leave something for a, a, a ne- the next neighbor that would make them feel like, like, if I knew their name, if I could know, figure out their names, I would, like, I could write a letter from the ghost in the house to them and, and address them by name and put it somewhere they'll find a couple of years down the line or something like that. You know what I mean? That would be humor. And then I'd sit in my dark room laughing my head off because I feel it. I go, though, they read the letter today. They got the letter. But sadly, unless the family of the house's former occupants come forward, uh, we will never know for sure. Right. You know what I mean? why the photo was left there. But what's your opinion on why that photo was left there? Uh, could be someone who was very much attached to the house, possibly died in the house. Yeah. Um, and they left a part. They saw leaving a photo, leaving a part of them in the house to always be there. They were hiding it underneath the floorboards. The hi- yeah, the hiding thing, when I think of it, I think of it almost they're scared of the picture. Like, they don't want any- the kids to see it. They don't want to see it, but they don't want to rip it up because they don't want to be disrespectful to the spirit or they know that they really captured something special, so they don't want to get rid of it. You know what I mean? As for the figure in it, I mean, you know, I don't know. It could be a. they think it's a monk, which people say that, you know, the monk look is something that's brought up often you know what i mean like the cloaked figure um yeah i don't quite know i'd have to know a little more about the 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 house and stuff like that but i definitely vibe with the being it could be either or for sure well they could have felt haunted by that picture and they buried it there hoping that when they left it stayed there and didn't follow them well there's like curses like that too where you have to pass it on to like the next person you know what i mean um, so it could be something like that, you know, within a, like a curse within a photograph, you know, it's kind of it's a movie called, um, oh man, I'm losing my mind now. There's a cool movie. Uh, there was a sequel to it too. I know that helps nothing. Um, we're going to go, we're going to move forward. If I can remember it, I believe it began with an S and that helps nothing as well. So as we move forward, as we proceed, uh, a creepy figure shows up in a photo at a notoriously haunted jail. You know, paranormal investigator Candace Collins maintains that this image shows the spirit of an old man with glasses. Two things to say. That movie was called Sinister. Second thing to say, as a man who's been to paranormal prison, Ray, what do you think about seeing all There's got to be so many spirits and ghosts in these prisons. You'd think there'd be every time a picture was snapped, it would be catching something you know what i mean i think it's going to be it's going to be uh how the spirits relate to the person taking the picture mm. I think it's, it's kind of personal i was in uh Ohio state reformatory i took a picture of a cell looked at the picture there was this huge intricate orb there looked up at the cell there's nothing that could have made it there was no dust or anything like that it was just an empty cell yeah and walked in there, could not find out or figure out how anything could refract off this, that, the other, nothing. 
and I just kept looking back and forth. Couldn't figure it out. Why I got that picture, maybe someone else didn't. I don't know. Why I got EVPs out of a cell that someone else maybe hasn't. I don't, I don't know. I know that, uh, that reformatory has been visited by a lot of, it's famous and been visited by a lot of, uh, different ghost hunting teams and paranormal investigators. And the area where I got things, very few of them ever got anything. So yeah. was it responding, was it responding to me? Did it like, did they like me or dislike me? I don't know, but I can tell you that, uh, multiple things happened when I was there. Now, do you think that when you said it, it likes certain people, you think it feeds off of aura of like the, the energy when somebody walks in the room, or do you think they would have the ability to kind of look somebody over and get a full, full grasp of like their existence? Um, I think it's something like that. It's more, they're feeding off the energy of the person there. They may choose to communicate or they may choose to uh, frighten. Depends upon the personality or the spirit, the way they want to manifest. Mm. Well, this prison, you went to the one in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, twice. <clears throat> this, pr- this prison built in 1779 before closing down in 1927. Bodmin Jail is nestled at the edge of Bodmin Moor in Cornwall, England where it has since been turned into a hotel, museum, and gift shop. I'm sure they probably have visitors and little, you know, they get calls down to the front front room pretty late, asking why things without heads are walking across the room. Now, over the years, its haunted reputation has also attracted the attention of numerous ghost hunting shows, paranormal investigators, and others keen to the experience of something paranormal. One such visitor was Carol, or Candace Collins, who 15 years ago was captured on camera next to a rather unexpected extra. They like to call ghosts extras in this, this, this uh, research. The image, which was lost until very recently, when she moved, uh, she moved house and moved her house and found it again. Uh, it has since been generating a great deal of interest in social media. You know what I mean? Social media is definitely giving <clears throat> new energy to the paranormal claim. I caught some, fan- this is quoting here, I caught some fantastic paranormal evidence at Bodum Jail uh, before it was turned into a hotel, she said. This was a snap on a camera while walking around taking pictures. It's a full body spirit of an old man in a suit with glasses and a hairline that's in my photograph when we were the only people there. I moved I moved houses shortly after taking the picture and lost it in the move. I looked everywhere for this picture for years, couldn't find it till I was going through an old folder yesterday, and there it was. I was amazed to find it after all that time. The image is certainly intriguing. Now, the ghost, which is visible on the right-hand side, does resemble the shape of a figure. However unclear it is, it is genuinely paranormally uh, or simply a case of pareidolia, which is a tendency for the human brain to see meaningful shapes in otherwise abstract patterns. You know, I don't know what that would have to do with that, but you know, the pet, the shapes and the patterns, um, almost like you wanted to see it. So you seen it, there it was. But, uh, in this picture, 
Yeah, I can see what they're talking about a little bit. There's a dude in the corner, but like I said, I I assume jails, prisons, uh, things of that elk to be extremely congested with paranormal. Um, and I, like I said, I almost feel like just snapping a pic in any of those places. You snap ten pictures, I'd assume. At least on two or three of them, you probably catch something that was out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of uh, there's so much negative energy and in very intense energy there with the violence you have in prisons and the deaths and the very people that are in there. That intense energy leaves an imprint. I mean, if you can have someone who is stuck there haunting it, yeah. And beyond that, you can have some res- residual energy that's that's. Uh, uh, imprinted on the place yeah. so i'd say yeah. it's it's really hard if you go into a, a prison that's been around for a while and you're investigating you should come up with something unless you've got some spirits in there who just flat out do not like you and want you out of there Truth. yeah and in that case unless you're ray boot and you get the hell out of dodge but if you're ray you strap up Go to war and put some more notches in your paranormal sword. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cutting them down. <laughs> playing them. Doing it big. The band Slayer named themselves after Ray Booten. It's proven fact. Watch their biography, VH1, behind the music. They said, Slayer, band members of Slayer, why did you get, where'd your name come from? They said, the way Ray Booten be slaying them spirits where we got our name from. And then they said, we're not even a satanic band. They're, uh, they're all about Jesus. It's a good thing. You know what I mean? They just thought, like the imagery for the teenagers. So next up, speaking of teenagers, we got possessed children, which people kind of blame the rock and roll deal on. But uh, you've heard the term walking up the walls. In this case, it was a real deal where supposedly possessed children were walking up the walls, you know what I mean? And they were, I don't think they were listening to the music of Ozzy Osbourne, but they were still walking up them walls. Official state documents detail the peculiar case of a triple possession that occurred in Indiana back in 2014. Very common, <coughs> very uh, to, to modern times. <coughs> clear my throat a little bit because I will need to. Now, Tales of Demonic Possession might seem a little more than fictional stories found in the books and movies, unless you are, uh, you know, get down mostly ghostly and we get down with that stuff. But there have been a number of documented cases over the years that while inconclusive, certainly make you wonder whether there really could be something unnatural going on. We call it naturally unnatural. That's what we call it, mostly ghostly. Now, this in particular instance, a mother from Indiana had reportedly uh, reported that her three children were possessed and had been exhibiting all manner of disturbing and seemingly impossible behaviors, ranging from the famous speaking in deep voices to levitating and walking up the walls of their bedroom. Now, we'll take a, a moment real quick and say, you know, speaking in a deep voice, you can throw your voice a little bit, you know what I mean? You can get angry at me. You can do that for sure, and a kid could do that, and a kid would do that. It would be somewhere in between screaming and crying and anger, 
You know what I mean? So I do think a kid could do that. Now, the levitating, unless they do David Blaine type deal where they do the, the two inches off the ground to make you look like they're levitating, I feel like she's probably going with real levitation with uh, you can put the hula hoop in between. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, of course, walking up the wall is the most interesting part to this one. Now, Ray, in your studies and your your time with all this, have you are you heard anything about walking up the walls in a bedroom? No, that's a new one for me. Levitation, yeah. Um, yeah. Was involved in something years ago, and that included uh, uh, many moons ago. That included uh, possession, and yeah, there was levitation involved. Yeah. So that that I've seen. I've never seen something crawling up walls, though. I figured you would be, you would have seen levitation, but the wall thing is interesting. Now, where such claims might be, might sound ridiculous and easily dismissible as nonsense, these phenomena were allegedly observed by a number of reputable individuals, including police officers and even medical professionals. Not that they really, their opinions are any more valuable than anybody else's at the end of the day, but... I guess uh, they're they're workers of the of, of the people. Now the case was recorded in official state documents, which reported that at least one psychologist had witnessed the woman woman's nine year old son speak in d- different deep voices and walk up the wall backwards. If walking up the wall regular wasn't crazy enough, he's doing he's moonwalking. They're doing they're showing off. They're doing backwards too. You know, going up, walking up the walls frontwards and backwards is one of those ones I'll put in the category of the speaking the Latin languages or the dead languages. Nobody ever talks anymore, but be doing it correctly. You know what I mean? Um, I think we've talked about on the show what, you know, the comparisons of almost like that, that, that Latin and when people speak in tongues, you know, so they, they, in both in both situations, they go to a different place. It's the yin and the yang, but it's kind of along the same terms, you know what I mean? It's the, the same lines. Now, Ray, if you were to see somebody, I know you wouldn't run out the door or anything, but if you were to see somebody walk up a wall backwards or frontwards, that would call for what, immediate prayers? Is that what would be called for that situation? Or what would, what do you think? Uh, would would me it would be immediate uh, prayers, protection yeah. and banishment. Yeah. I mean, no no hesitation. Uh, going back to Ohio, there was something that occurred in there, and identified itself as uh, demonic very clearly through a device, and that just automatically kicked in to push it back and stop it because it was threatening. So that that's like an auto response. Boom happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's really like it's like a, almost a defense mechanism, the best the best kind. You know what I mean? It just kind of pop off. Now, medical staff reported they observed the children and heard the seven year old making growling noises, and his eyes rolled into the back of his head. Again, both the growling noises don't turn my you know don't turn my head. Eyes rolling in the back of the head. That really don't. That really don't make me go either. Because these are all things. Both of those things I could be could be faked. 
Now they observed the young boy lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. Have you seen any of that action? I uh, just lifted. Yeah. He, no, he had the he had a weird grin on his face and began to walk backwards while the grandmother was holding his hand, and he walked up the wall backwards while holding the grandmother's hand, and he never let go. He flipped over and landed on his feet in front of the grandmother and sat down in the chair. That's pretty hard to the core. Um, something like that could change a person. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could handle that. You, you see a loved one do all that stuff, and now the grin, the grin, it had a real, the grin had the, you know, when you hear things like the grin, it has a very Hollywood type vibe to it. But do you think that it would? Do you think the evil would smile and do things like that to be evil? Or do you think that that's not even a – it wouldn't be more growling? What do you think? Uh, if it's going to smile, it's going to be an evil grin, an evil for smile. Sh- for sure. Do you think the evil has a personality enough, though? Like, personality is what would make it smile in an ironic way. You know what I mean? Um. I would say it's just man- it's manifesting that way. Its whole purpose is to frighten you. Yeah. If yeah. it gets you fr- frightened, then it's exerting power over you when you're weaker, when you're frightened. Yeah, true fact. That is true. You know, some doubts exist over the nature of these this phenomena. However, it was also reported that the mother had been suffering from mental illness and the children may have been performing for her. Uh, in the end, all three were taken away by child services. <laughs> I do. I was having a conversation with somebody about this recently, actually, when you have like somebody in the household that's kind of crazy and delusional and they, it's it's almost like toxic enough to spread to other people. You know what I mean? How do you feel about that, right? Uh, I I agree. It's passed on, particularly in a family. It's easily passed on. And it could in in one and like it, they could they would all people would you know sometimes rather go down the road of delusion than to kind of say somebody's wrong. You know what I mean? So I definitely I can get down with the their kids kind of because their kids and their you know, they're very, they're influenced by their, by their mother, of course. So like, they wouldn't want to think their mother was crazy. So like, I don't, you know, hereditary sometimes with mental issues or whatever. So like, it could have been uh, a passed down deal. Um, those kids going into child services, what's your take on that though? Like, like if they actually had something in them, you know, like a spirit in them and even I'm sure they probably had to do some type of counseling or something because to get, if they actually felt that they were just performing for their mother, just the damage of like that is enough for them to need help, you know, someone to talk to and kind of guide them a little bit. Um, I, I agree that they were getting treatment for what they needed as far as the professional saw. If it was if it wasn't that, and it was actually something demonic, I'd be curious and feel sorry for the next family to get those children. That's almost like a plot to a horror movie. We have a lot of horror movie plots on mostly ghostly. Now, I, so far, I, I dig that one a lot. Now, next up, we got ghost hunters photograph an eerie figure in a derelict church. Paranormal investigators have captured an image of a mysterious figure 
in, aban in an abandoned church in Cornwall. No. I used, whenever I went to Cornwall, my favorite thing to do was go look at old churches. So this kind of bums me out. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Now, known as Penagangers Paranormal Pansies, the group, which consists of Mark Earl, William Ives, and Ollie Earl, had been doing a live stream investigation on St. Pat St. Day's Church near Redruth last December, when some of their viewers noticed something unusual in one of the windows. The building itself is a derelict and uh, is derelict, and the upstairs floor is missing entirely, meaning that there is no way that there uh, should have been anyone up there. But in the picture, you can see somebody standing in a window, you know what I mean? Or what appears to be, kind of appears to be. Uh, there's no inside for the church, Earl told Cornwell Live. It's been stripped out. As we're walking down one of the live streams, you can see the outline of a girl in the window. I can kind of see that, actually. Uh, our viewers said the same, that it's a little girl it's sh it's shaking us up a bit. And we're not the type to take thing, uh, make things up. We'll say it's nothing if we investigate somewhere and it's nothing. So that was his quote on that. The mysterious figure, which seems to be dressed in white, appears to be quite clearly in this photograph. Um, but they, they, the people have no, they offer no explanation for it. Yeah, this stuff is, I, I, I get down with this one being kind of true. And it reminds me of this time when we went to, um, we had like a TB mental hospital near us locally. That was like our local haunt. One of our main, like local, local main haunts that people would go see. And uh, I remember like I took some video outside of that once. And I remember I zoomed the camera across. And one of these days we're going to get that for you fine people out there. Uh, hopefully this year, you know, we got the Patreon deal. We offer a bunch of cool stuff on there. Hopefully we'll be able to get it on there for folks. Um but you scan across and you definitely see head and shoulder people like stand in the windows. It's kind of, it's kind of some insane stuff. That tape's kind of madness because there's a lot of stuff on that tape that we didn't see till after we got out. We didn't hear till after we got out. Like there's stuff that was seen and heard that if I seen or heard in real time, I would have been, I would have wanted to get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? I would have beat feet. That would have been a little too much for your boy. Uh, but next up, CCTV footage captures a ghost roaming around the house. You know, a couple who had been warned about demonic entities in their home managed to record something rather peculiar, Ray. You know what I mean? Um, I get you. Did you give your opinion on the last one? Uh, no. Oh, give your opinion. My bad, Ray. My, I, I zoomed right through that. Um, the ghost hunters in the derelict church. What do you? What's your thoughts on that one? Well, I agree with you. I mean, if you're talking about a second floor, and there's no second floor there, so how could somebody be inside? But well, one thing that strikes me: if you take some of those uh, old churches, and you're yeah. talking about Cornwall, you're talking about England. I mean, if you go in the U.S., we go in old building, we talk two hundred years old, mm -hmm. maybe you know, or two hundred plus, not a whole lot more. Because uh, anything older than that didn't survive, and you didn't have many settlers here. Previous to that, you go to Native American. But you go over to England, 
and now you're talking about oh yeah this this church was built in uh 15 something uh you know okay now we're talking let's see this one's a thousand years old this one's 1500 years old i mean you've got a lot of history in that church yeah or that building could be a castle could be anything and that history is going to carry it carry its energy particularly if there was death or if there was trauma in there so the likelihood of something showing up is very high the circumstances when that picture was taken it's kind of there's no way someone could have been on the other side and faked it so i'd say yeah they they got a picture of a ghost Mm. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I definitely, I mean, it fits it. I got lost in my story about me seeing those those figures because I can relate um, as well. I know you can, and um, I know our audience can. So we talk about these things that most are ghostly. Now, the CCTV footage captures the ghost. You know what I mean? We'll pop into that one real quick. Um, yeah, it was like a reality type deal, you know, when Joey and Amy Rad recently moved into their new home, they had initially dismissed claims that the property was haunted by some demonic. Um, and for a time, everything was cool, calm and collected, no issues, not a sign of any type of craziness going on in the house, but that would change pretty quickly. However, when they captured something unusual on CCTV, the video, which can be viewed below, shows what they believe to be a ghostly apparition, which was recorded moving around the house in the early hours of the morning. You know, the early hours of the morning, you know, is often kind of a good time when they'll see a paranormal thing. Do you think there's any rhyme or reason to that? I know it makes it a lot creepier for people. Do you think there's a reason why you don't really see them that much in the day? Well, in a day, if, well, for most people, unless they're out of the house and they do it for security reasons, don't run their CCTV or whatever yeah. it is. Um, during the day, you don't hear things because there's lots of other noises, whether it's mm-hmm. in or outside the house. Lights are on. Um, there's light coming in from the outside. It's hard to detect anything because of all the distractions. Yeah. In the middle of the night, it's easier to pick up. To, to a ghost or to a spirit, day or night doesn't make any difference. They're, they're, if they're there, they're going to be there both times. It's just once your ideal uh, conditions for you to pick it up where there's no outside noise, no outside lights, everything is quiet. And yeah, that, that doesn't mean they're not standing next to you during the day. You're just not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. You know, this video, if anybody wants to pop out there and check it out, um, I guess you would just look up, like, Amy Radke, R-A-D-K-E video. It's on YouTube. Uh, Ghost Lady Lurks in Hallway and Scares Cat. (laughs) There you go. That's the title. Look up that. Um, I just took a peek at it. It's pretty creepy. You know what I mean? You see it down a hallway and materialize and have a little bit of a flicker to it, you know, almost like a wavy flicker to it. And uh, then it's kind of gone, so. But, uh, you know, the, there's a cat in the video, which is funny, and the cat reacts to it, which makes things very difficult to fake when the cat's reacting to it. You know, they often say cats, they got because of those special night eyes they have or whatever the deal is, that they can see kind of different dimensional things. I mean, everybody who's had a cat or even a dog, we've probably had a weird situation where you've caught them just kind of looking down the hallway for no reason, 
or, you know, just kind of staring at something that isn't there. And uh, I think it's because there is something there and that they pick it up with their, you know, the way their eyes are designed. You know what I mean? Do you have anything to add to that, your opinion on cat eyes and dog eyes and what they can see? I, I can, I, they also, they're what we call is much more developed than us. They're more in tune uh, with the world. They're not, they haven't tried to block it with intellect and uh, technology. So if there's something there, they can sense it and they can see it a lot easier than we can. Yeah. So in this one, they think it's a, the, the spirit is a woman who died uh, in the bedroom many years ago. The neighbors say she was taken out by paramedics in her nightgown. And in the video, you can see a figure is wearing a night, uh, like a nightie. Uh, the person we we're re- renting from said they thought they felt the presence at the previous renter. And the previous renter said they saw demonic entities, shadows, and something watching her while she was sleeping. That's a uh, creeptastic, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, demonic entities, you know, I mean, I guess you really don't know what a demonic entity would be goblin-like, hobgoblin-like, I assume, you know what I mean? Um because not not too many people get down with the, the demons that much to kind of be able to say what's what what the difference between uh, spiritual entities, you know. Now after the video, uh, she had a feeling that she was being watched. The, the homeowners, you know, I'll be I'll be uh, watching TV in the living room, and the hallway is on my right, and I can see something out the corner of my eye, but there's nothing there. I think that's kind of a common thing. I'm not saying that it's not paranormal, but I think that it's common. A lot of people kind of get that vibe. No, they say it's real. There's no two ways about it. You can't fake that. It proves that there is an afterlife. The video is the holy grail of ghost videos. That's her opinion. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, it does... You know, what's your opinion on it proving... That there's an afterlife, you know. What uh, I mean? There's obviously some sort of energy manifestation there. I mean, the proof that it's there and not faked would be the cat responding to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't drop something in with CG afterwards uh, because the cat wouldn't be responding. Mm-hmm. So there was something there. Uh, you are assuming that it's from the uh, it's from the afterlife, and that's a pretty good assumption. Uh, as for it's proving or not, that's going to be if you get a true skeptic, you could have a ghost come up and slap in the face, and they're going to come up with an excuse. Right. But that's about as good a proof as, as you're going to get in those circumstances. And it's pretty much saying, "Yep, this spirits and this ghost, there's something that continues on." Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it, uh, it, 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 yeah, I mean, as far as approving there's an afterlife, it's like, it's not exactly, it, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, there's multiple versions of an afterlife. You can say anything's an afterlife. You can say just total darkness would be an afterlife because afterlife, and that just happens to be what it is. You go the heaven route, you know what I mean? You can go the route right here of, you know, for her, I think it would be proving that 
you're still allowed to kind of roam the earth after death, which I guess, depending on that doesn't exactly mean a good thing or a bad thing. You know what I mean? Cause when you're kind of left behind like that, it does have the vibe of almost like a sentence, like a prison deal. Like you're doing, you almost have to be here. It's almost like it's a purgatory type vibe or something like that where they, they're not, their time isn't done. Like there's obviously a reason why I don't know what the reason is, but there's obviously some type of reason why they're still there. You know what I mean? There are, uh, there are some cultures that believe that if you've, um, done something very evil, hell is that you're forced to continue on this planet as a spirit watching the effects of the evil that you did destroy people. Uh, you're not allowed to pass to any, any place better. You're going to be spending time. Your your hell is kind of wandering around separate from everybody. You can't do much. Maybe you manifest now and then. But all you can do is watch and you can't interact. And there are some cultures that think that is a, a type of hell that certain people are given. So for anybody out there seeing spirits, know that your, your boring life is their hell. Them having to watch your boring life is like horrendous for them because they didn't behave themselves. Well, I, actually, the, the the best one I know of is, uh, I forgot the terms, but uh, it does come out of India, and it's one of the beliefs there, is that um, if someone causes harm or extreme harm or death to a, to a baby or a young child, they are forced, they have a certain number of reincarnations, and they have a word for it, and that word means 100,000, and they say that they are, they will have 84 of these, which when you add it all up, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, you harmed that little child or you killed it. Your commerce, you're going to have to be reincarnated 84 million times to make up for it. Yikes. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's hell. <laughs> they hit the, the power ball of bad, bad news right there. Oh, yeah. 84 million times you're going to be paying for it coming back. Woo! That's some wild stuff. Message well, there. Don't, don't touch kids. Yeah, for sure. I almost was going to go into the thing with them watching you. It was like, it was almost like a live your life to the fullest. Like the fact that they're watching, you know, if they were, they, they're watching your boring life like as hell, then, you know, go live your life. And so, they can go watch somebody else's life, aka if you're if, if you're seeing ghosts, maybe you gotta do more with yourself. I think, you know, just in the they're trying to tell you something. Maybe they're trying to tell you something. Not you, Ray. You, you not particularly you, Ray. I'm just saying maybe that they come. Those spirits are show trying to tell people live your best life or something. I don't know. I don't know. I can I can relate to that. I can also. Imagine that uh, if you're stuck in this in-between place and you're watching life, I don't care if for you it's boring or not, it's still life that you can't have. Which is hell. Which is hellacious. That, that's hell. And even if, they, and if they're not and if they're not appreciating life, then it's even worse. It's, yeah. it's an interesting thing. It's very interesting. 
Because I've often talked on the show about my deal, my take on hell being like a mental thing where you're just kind of in anguish, like your soul's in anguish type deal. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I always kind of had a vibe where I never considered like ghosts being bad. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I consider, if I thought ghosts were people that were bad, I'd be, I'd probably would have been a lot more scared of them. You know what I mean? Like if ghosts were to grow up in a culture where you were, if you were bad, you became back as a ghost, it would make the paranormal very scary. Like I always thought the paranormal was kind of hopeful and, you know, like it, super interesting and cool. Not really like scary for, you know, elements of it that are scary, but like just because it's so unknown, you know what I mean? But. If you add the element of like the bad folk to it, I like that kind of because it makes it super creepy because then it's like anything you see is like, you know, isn't good for you. It's rock and roll. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of you should stay away from, which is fun. (laughs) But let's should we pop into the we didn't get into the the hooded figure in the. No, this is this this one was like so. This one was so bad I contemplated not getting into it, but we'll we got two more and we'll go out with a little bit of a joke. Ghost hunters photograph a hooded figure in Sherwood Forest. An alleged apparition has been caught on camera in the woods, thought to have once been frequented by Robin Hood. Now that was a little crazy, so I wasn't going to go with it. But it was one of the big paranormal stories, supposedly, in 2022. And, uh, you know, the Robin Hood deal, there was a few forests in England as famous as Sherwood, as you all know. Now, the home to the legendary and mostly fictional Robin Hood and his band of merry men as they rob from the rich to give to the poor. So steeped in history and its stretch of woodland that it has become a popular visitor attraction as well as a target for paranormal investigators hoping to capture evidence of its long-deceased inhabitants. Most recently, paranormal investigator Dean Buckley and his spiritualistic medium partner Veronica, who doesn't get a last name, I guess, had been exploring the woods when they captured something unusual on their camera. It was January 29th, not too far from today, actually. Um, And after 1130 in the evening, uh, meaning that the place was pitch dark, the image they captured shows what they maintain to be the ghost of a hooded figure, one that Veronica believes may have been one of Robin Hood's merry men. And dare they say Robin Hood himself. Now, I'm interested in Robin Hood, always has been, Dean said. I caught caught it on my camera, and I was so excited. Dean Dean sounds like a special guy already. When we were in the forest, we felt we were being watched from all angles. We felt it every time as we went deeper. This is getting dirty. We, We heard whistles and footsteps behind us and saw shadows. We would call out to them. I felt excited. I always do. It doesn't bother me. I guess I can't make fun because I was just saying this about me as a kid in the paranormal. But sadly, uh, the photograph isn't exactly clear. That's very disappointing, Dean. Appearing as the vague shape in the gloom. Could it be one of Robin Hood's men? While it's possible, we're unlikely to ever know for sure, they say. 
Dean, uh, Dean probably dresses up as the Merry Men in Robin Hood on the weekends and does like King Richard's fear. That's my, that's my deal. And I get down with it. And they got the big dude. And uh, nobody messes with Robin Hood because the big dude will mess him up with the big bow. Maybe I'm getting my Robin Hood and my Beastmaster mixed up a little bit. Ray, what's your take on this one? Well, if you've got an unclear picture at night in the woods, there's too many variables there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been out, out in the woods at night, and uh, it is so easy for something to uh, trick your eye or even a camera. The way the light filters through, um, things reflecting off, the moonlight reflecting off things. It's, it's just uh, even the slightest trace of fog or anything. Yeah. At, it would have to be a really clear picture to start trusting a nighttime picture. Yeah, I believe you. And yeah. you, you add in a fan of Robin Hood in Sherwood Forest saying they caught Robin Hood. Uh, I don't know. Sounds like they're trying to sell some T-shirts, if you ask me. You know what I mean? They want T-shirt money and books, yep. memorabilia, all that good stuff. So we'll wrap up with the last one. Bigelow returns with a new $1 million effort to contact the other side. Robert Bigelow is offering grants up to $1 million to fund an attempt to communicate with someone who has died. I remember hearing a little bit about this when it it came through. Um, Now, Robert Bigelow is a very interesting-looking dude, uh, just as interesting as he is in general. Um, Great look. He looks like Edward James almost a little bit, but he's uh, Edward James not quite or something. You know what I mean? Back in 2021, the Bigelow Aerospace founder and the entrepreneur launched a drive to encourage scientists philosophers and other thinkers to pen essays laying down the case for life after death. Uh, through the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies, he offered prizes totaling $1 million for the best and most convincing entries. In the end, 29 essays were selected. Uh, the winners were chosen based on the power of the arguments presented and how persuasively the essays made the case for survival of human consciousness beyond a reasonable doubt. The Institute said in a statement at the time, now, uh, now however, it seems as though Bigelow is not done with his mission to prove that there is an afterlife because he is following up with the essays contest with a drive for researchers to conduct actual experiments resulting in genuine communication with someone on the other side. Another one million is up for grabs, divided up into several smaller grants to be awarded to research teams based on the value of their proposals, laying out how they intend to accomplish this. According to the website, the research is to be exclusive to the survival of human consciousness beyond the permanent bodily death as well as an exclusively focused on contact or communication with the other side. Exactly how researchers will propose to accomplish such a feat remains unclear, but it will certainly be interesting to see what the winner team, winning teams are planning to do. Bigelow is clearly dedicated to finding an answer to perhaps the biggest question of them all. You know what I mean? And... uh it's interesting, you know what I mean. I feel like if you if you put them with the right people, they could actually answer some 
questions for. You know what I mean? It's a weird deal. If there's people out there with the money that want want to see it get done, and then there's people out there with the spiritual side that can get it done. You know, maybe he's uh, his intentions might not be appropriate or something. You know, so nobody wants to play with him, work with him. What's your take on that one, Ray? I think they'd have to be very careful on how they set it up. Yeah. Uh, to be able to be able to prove prove it, but I I don't know. I don't know if they're going to succeed or not. I don't. I don't know if people are ready for them to succeed. Yeah, it's all. It's all fun and games for people if they're going to watch a TV show or they're going to be a, an investigator, etc. But when they're actually confronted with it, it would it would turn things upside down for yeah. a lot of people. And they really they don't want that. They like they like their nice little neat world the way it is, and they they don't want it turned upside down. And as much as it would be nice. You know, some people would say, oh, it's great. Now, yeah, you got proof that uh, we continue on uh, We continue on after death of the body. That's good, but then you're going to get you're going to get other people that are going to turn around and it's just human nature and it's developed over centuries is that now you're going to have all of the religious groups arguing about the validity of it or it doesn't fit my thing or that's devilish. And there's a whole can of worms there, which is unfortunate. Because it would be nice if someone could uh, put together an objective series of experiments that shows the consciousness of the spirit continues on. Yeah, I think that yeah. would, should be comforting for people. And we throw all of the politics and the religion and everything out the window and just take that as a starting point. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm definitely with it. You know what I mean? So that was a nice journey into some of the, you know, I think 10 of the most uh, talked about paranormal events, 2022. You know what I mean? Um, We figured what better way to open up the first uh, episode of the new season of 2023 with that. You know what I mean? Cool beans, you know. So we hope everybody enjoyed this episode, and uh, we got some more coming to you. Got a lot of guests coming this season, which is really cool. Want to give a shout out to Nanu Nanu, my Nanu Nanu, and guest on the Mostly Ghostly Show. Passed away a couple weeks ago, and we're sending our love to her. You know what I mean? And uh, we send our love to everybody out there, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Greetings, boils and ghouls. 
I'm reaching out from the grave, don't you know? I recently passed away at the hands of a mighty grizzly bear. The sight was rather grizzly, but I digress. I wanted to stop in doing my precious, very precious, contacting loved ones, ours, to let you know that season two of Mostly Ghostly will be returning February 3rd, 2021. Yes, February 3rd, 2021. It's a Wednesday. Mark your calendars. This was my favorite show when I was alive and kicking. And this is my favorite show while I'm dead and, well, dead and listening to mostly ghostly more.